Welcome into the first ATB Daily Pod. We're going to be doing this hopefully Monday through Friday for you, covering the hottest things in sports. Just a quick 20, 40 minutes for you. Uh, we're still going to be doing episodes with John, NFL draft prospects, such like stuff like that. But today, we've got NBA All-Star Weekend for you. Talking XFL and the quarterbacks. Then we're going to dive in to the Houston Astros whole scandal. How should that be handled? But we got all that and more coming up for you right after this break. This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Welcome into the ATB Daily Pod. This this is a new thing we're going to try doing. 20 to 40 minutes, maybe longer if there's guests. Uh, we're just going to try to get out whatever's hot out there in sports. You know, With our one to two episodes a week, it was hard to get in a lot of, a lot of content. We're doing a lot of specific stuff. We're still going to be doing that. Uh, I'll be still doing my podcast with John. Uh, you know, NFL draft, all that sort of fun stuff. But this is just going to be kind of like that. You come here, you can get all your information you need from the you know weekend or the night before in sports. They're going to be released, you know, so you can listen to them in the morning. This one was not because I fell asleep right after the All Star game. Holy shit, that was a good game. We'll get to that later. I'm excited for this, though. Make sure you subscribe to us. Uh, you know, you'll get notifications for our new episodes. We really hope that this can be your you know, source of sports entertainment. You know, we realize there's ESPN, Fox, CBS, all these great um, flagship programs, but we're going to try to keep away from the clickbait, the hot takes. It's not what we try to do. I say some stuff. That sounds like a hot take because I'm against the grain. But we're not here to just try to get your click and say some stupid bull crap, to be blunt. Let's get going. That was a lot. We're not going to start with that every week. But NBA All-Star Weekend. There's a lot of stuff to cover with this. I We'll start with the dunk contest. They fixed the NBA All-Star Game format. I think maybe the dunk contest needs to be formatted differently now uh, maybe i'll come back with the suggestion sometime but right now i don't have a suggestion i've been thinking about it i've been thinking about ways to improve all-star weekend a lot you know to, um, last night and today and i have some ideas but for the dunk contest i just can't wrap my head around it but i don't think aaron gordon got robbed now he had one of the best dunks I've ever seen in my life with that i think they're calling it the crane off the side of the backboard one hand, oh my gosh, it was absolutely beautiful. If you haven't seen it, which would surprise the hell out of me if you're listening to this, go watch that right now. Um, just search Aaron Gordon Dunk Contest. It'll be the first one most likely. 
but this is kind of like with the society we're in whatever happens it you know someone got screwed out of something or it just wasn't good enough we're while aaron gordon was fantastic that was a top five he's now been a part of two of the top five dunk contests of all time you have jordan from the free throw line aaron gordon versus zach levine um, probably throw in Vince Carter, one of Vince Carter's, most likely the reverse 360. This one was one for the ages. And then the fifth one, you can argue a lot of them. But those are four, I would say, four short dunk contests. We saw dunks that we didn't see a lot. You know, Aaron Gordon's, that was never been done before, off the side of the backboard. Derek Jones Jr., what, he, what did he do? Like the Through the legs, off the backboard, off an oop. That had never been done before. And... That per the the guy that threw the oop, holy crap! One try to get that done. That's what was most impressive about this dunk contest. It was, it was one try, it was just one try for most of the dunks. But while Aaron Gordon had the best dunk of the night, Derek Jones Jr. was more impressive in my opinion. Aaron Gordon didn't clear Taco Fall. I know he's seven six, but also Aaron Gordon is six eleven. Derek Jones Jr. dunk from the free throw line or the when he did the windmill from a step inside the free throw line was so incredibly impressive, but it was just not gawked over because he made it look so easy. That's not an easy dunk. 98% of the world could not do that dunk. I just think that the way we're attacking the NBA for Aaron Gordon not winning the dunk contest because he had, you know, four or five fifties or whatever, whatever it was. We're discrediting what Derrick Jones Jr. did. I truly believe Derrick Jones Jr. had the better dunks of the altogether portfolio, the greatest dunk when it counted. Like Aaron, Aaron Gordon's final dunk just wasn't enough. He gave up. He got he got pissed because he didn't win already. That I I didn't like that. I I think the dunk contest format does need to be changed. I do think they should have been co-champions, but uh. I'm not discrediting what Aaron Gordon did. I just think people are discrediting Derrick Jones Jr. too much. And then the three-point contest, that is just, it's just, it's just boring now. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they can add in, you know, off the dribble, add something in. It's just, it's just not fun to watch anymore. That used to be so exciting. I used to get so excited watching that, but, uh. I do my one suggestion that I have is a you know one on one, a two on two, three on three tournament, something like that. Um, you know, of good players that are. I obviously I don't think you can get like you won't be able to get LeBron, Kyrie, those kinds of players to play, but get really fantastic players, or maybe even get some bench guys to try and just just do something fun. I don't. I don't know how you can make that work, but like a one-on-one or two-on-two or a three-on-three tournament, that could be fun. It could be something that lasted a little longer, you know, an hour, two hours. And I think that would be a really a really fun thing to do for All-Star Weekend, especially that Saturday or maybe even the Sunday. You know, they have all that time doing nothing until the big things. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's something that I would have to – I don't know the logistics behind how you do that, but I think that's something that could be fun. The celebrity game, that, that it's just it's unwatchable anymore. If mm, easy way to fix a celebrity all star game, pay Kevin Hart 
to get in there because you need some comedy. You're gonna pay. You're gonna have to pay him. Secondly, make it competitive. Tell whoever is coming on if you're going to play. We are going to play. It could be like the All Star game, the first couple quarters, but you know maybe make the second half for a charity, like you know three hundred thousand dollars, just like that fourth quarter of the All Star game was. But make or just make the whole game for charity. I if you made that more competitive and you still had super famous people that are good at basketball, Justin Bieber, Quavo, those kinds of guys. Common was good. If you can get those types of players, but have them play hard, that would be that would be so interesting. It would be so fun to watch. It's fun to watch celebrities play basketball, especially when they're good. You know, when they had Kevin Hart and Justin Bieber, Quavo playing hard and playing well, that was so interesting. That that's something I think they they definitely need to do. And then the last thing I've got for the All Star Game is the actual game itself. And holy shit, that was fantastic to watch. The first half, and even into the third quarter for Team LeBron, I was so annoyed. I mean, they were just letting dunk after dunk after dunk, which, you know, is it's that's kind of the rule of the All-Star game. Like, don't block, you know, because injuries and stuff. But it was it was almost getting annoying to watch. And then the fourth quarter, oh, my God, the defense that was played. There was a possession. I think it might have been a possession or two after LeBron got blocked by Giannis. He was guarding Giannis, locked him up, and swatted the ball off of Giannis, and it was and LeBron's team got the ball. That was the most I've seen LeBron play defense since the 2016 finals maybe. I it was it was fun to see players of that caliber locked in that much. Kyle Lowry don't let him back in the all-star game come on dude like taking a charge is absolutely fine i respect the hell out of a charge flopping in an all-star game is one of the most annoying things i've ever seen in my damn life but the intensity out of especially chris paul in that fourth quarter was super fun to watch and they only allowed as both teams only allowed a total of three dunks and zero fast break points in that fourth quarter. So to say that defense was picked up is an understatement. I mean, that was the that was the 10 best players in the world, 10 of the best players in the world, playing as hard as they could against each other. And, and the way they did it with the 24 points added, no time, just to pick up game of basketball, that was absolutely brilliant i mean just it is fantastic game fantastic freaking game <sighs> that's a lot it was a, it was a fun weekend they still need to change some stuff but they are improving i uh i want to shift over into the nba just the nba in general we got a while till we got games back again but you know watching last night this is kind of, you know, last night the fourth quarter was intense. And the fourth quarter, per se, of the NBA season is from now till the end of the year. You know, the first half for the, the teams that have a chance to win the championship, you need to play well. You need to get that good seed. But now it's when it really matters. 
the bad teams that have played well will start to fade out, and the good teams that have played badly will start to start to come into f- shape. Yeah, but there's there's two there's three glaring teams at the top of the league: the Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers. And if you look at the East, the Bucks are well ahead. It's hard to see a team that can beat them in seven games sitting as is. So what I mean is, I think the 76ers are absolutely talented enough to beat the Bucks in seven games if they were able to play to their capabilities. But the 76ers are not able to find their footing right now. I, The more I watched last night, the more I realized I... Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I do not think, can co- coexist. And if I am Elton Brand, I am shopping Joel Embiid because Ben Simmons is what's going to win you in today's NBA. There was a play, I'm sure if you actually watched the All-Star game last night, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. It was in the third quarter. Ben Simmons got a rebound. They had four guys back, and he beat all of them back while dribbling the ball. I, it's hard to think of a faster player in the NBA with the ball in his hands. I, it's the fastest I've seen a player move with the ball in his hands in a long time. And at his size, 6'8", that is absolutely incredible. I mean, Ben Simmons can lock up 1-5 through five on defense. And he could play every position on offense if he had to. But a 6'8 point guard is a game changer. He... He does not have a three-point shot. He doesn't have a free throw. He doesn't have a great mid-range shot. He's 22, 22 or something, 22 around there. You're going to tell me a shot can't get better, then you're crazy. He needs to work on that shot. He needs to actually focus on that shot for a whole offseason and get it better. Put that elbow in, Ben. Quit flicking that damn, flaring that damn elbow out. It's disgusting. Joel Embiid, it... They can't coexist. You know, Ben Simmons wants to run and get up. Joel Embiid wants to stay back. He wants to slow it down. Give it to me in the post. The durability, play style, future of the game. You can get a lot for Joel Embiid. I, I, I love Ben Simmons. But that's a story for another time. We can talk about that on a different show. But back to what, what I was trying to say. Is that the 76ers, I think, can be the Bucks in seven games. I don't think they necessarily will, but they can. You saw how LeBron guarded Giannis last night. When LeBron was actually guarding Giannis last night in the fourth quarter, he sagged off of him. And most people can sag off of Giannis and still get beat. But when you have Ben Simmons guarding Giannis, and then Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid, sagging off waiting to help it makes a difference oh the bucks do have tons of good shooters everywhere but i mean that's the game you have to play hopefully they have bad night shooting in philadelphia and the sixers are fantastic at home so you know if you can get your four wins at home three wins at home is probably more realistic I, I, that's the only team I could see in the East beating them. People want to say the Celtics because they're playing well. No, the Celtics don't match up with the Bucks seven games. It's not even, no. That's not, no. The Raptors, they don't have a superstar. It, 
today's NBA, you have to have a superstar to win the finals. You have to. You absolutely have to. There has not been a finals victory outside of the Mavericks where you can argue Dirk Nowitzki is a superstar that has won a finals. I mean, it's been LeBron, Curry, Durant every year. I mean, unless you want to argue that Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Dirk Nowitzki aren't superstars, but that's that's your own right if you want to argue that. But um, yeah, I I don't think the Raptors could do it. I don't think the Celtics could do it. My only dark horse team that I think can do it is maybe the Pacers outside of the Sixers. And I only say the Pacers because their athleticism and their size, I I think. I, they will not get outplayed by anybody. I think that's a real long shot. A real long shot. Oladipo and Brogdon as a backcourt is absolutely fantastic. And then their front court with Sabonis, Sabonis and Miles Turner whew, is just it's, it's a dream matchup. Well, it's not a dream matchup against the Bucks. It's a dream matchup as a team for the Pacers, especially in a small market like that. And then you go out west, and the Lakers are up top, I think, five games to Denver. I say it every year. I don't think Denver can get to the finals or even win. I don't think they can even get to it, but I definitely don't think they can win it. Nikola Jokic is a star. I don't think he's a superstar. I don't think he's done enough to show that he's a superstar. I think he's way too out of shape to be a damn superstar. That drives me nuts. But um, it's I, it's the Lakers and the Clippers. And then, you know, just like the Pacers, my dark horse team would be the Rockets. They have two superstars. You know, the Jazz, I don't really have a superstar. The, and then the West, I mean, it's, it's so top-heavy. You have teams like Memphis and the Thunder in the playoff hunt right now. I mean, in the playoffs right now. Which, I won't get into that, but, you know, the Clippers, they they get this, the Clippers have this perception to them. They're known as, like, this hard-nosed, they're dogs, they're, they're fighters, perimeter defense, number one defense in the league. The Lakers, analytically, are a better defensive team. And I, I know I said this on a, pod, a podcast, our first NBA podcast this season is you look at the, what the Lakers can have at once on the court and it's Avery Bradley hell of a defender Danny Green hell of a defender LeBron James can defend when he wants to Anthony Davis one of the best defenders in the NBA and Dwight Howard great defender he's gotten he's gotten way more mobile he can defend the wing not elite but I mean he's a center but he can switch up and he can guard people on the wing. Um, he's a great shot blocker. And then you bring in JaVale McGee to block shots. Um, but the Lakers are a fantastic built, fantastically built team. They have shooters around LeBron. They have defenders. They have playmakers. They need to get rid of Rondo. I, I don't think the Clippers can beat them in seven games. They're the best shot. To beat the Lakers in seven games. I mean, you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, for God's sake. You're, they're a hell of a team. 
fantastic team. And they definitely, I think, can win. They have they have two superstars. But seven games, I don't think they can match up with the size of the Lakers, the speed of the Lakers, the defense of the Lakers. Now, the Clippers are a hell of a defensive team. And adding in Marcus Morris, you know, he will get into everyone's face, get in everyone's head. You know, on the same time for them, you can have Patrick Beverly, Kawhi, Marcus Morris, Paul George, and Montrez Harold. I, I that's a great defensive unit. That's a great unit. But Harold versus Dwight Howard, I'll take that every day for the Lakers. Paul George versus Anthony Davis, I'll take Anthony Davis all day. And then Kawhi versus LeBron, that is an absolute up in the air. At this age, Kawhi will probably win one more time than LeBron would. So, like, you know, 60-40. But then, you know, Danny Green will probably guard Kawhi, actually, and LeBron will probably guard Marcus Morris. But, you know, Kawhi will guard LeBron for sure. And then Avery Bradley versus Patrick Beverly pretty much offset each other on offense. I, I just think... I think the Lakers and the Bucks are the clear, right now, number one seeds. I don't know how the st- stats in front of me. I'll try to get them for the next show. But, you know, the number one seed, how often do they actually win the finals or, or even get to the finals? I know the Cavs screwed up that number great from 2015 to 2018. They really were screwing up that stat, you know, almost never being the number one seed and getting to the finals each of those years. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun race. It's going to be, I think, some fun storylines are going to, how can the Rockets compete with the small ball? You know, can Chris Middleton keep shooting at the rate he is? I mean, he's shooting like 50% from three, like a a handful of weeks now, which is ridiculous. Um, You know, can, can LeBron and Anthony Davis keep this up? They... If you haven't watched the Lakers play yet, they're fun to watch. I mean, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, LeBron. It's like Dwight Howard's had a rejuvenation. And he's not going out there and getting 20 and 10. But he's just he's doing things that you never thought someone of his caliber would be okay doing. They're a lot of fun to watch. And if you haven't watched the Clippers, they're a hell of a lot fun to watch too, unless they're playing your favorite team because they harass you. I mean, they will harass you. But... We'll get into an NBA pod soon. Do a whole do a whole pod on them, but a uh, whole pod on that. I think I want to transition into the XFL real quick. But first, want to remind you that we are sponsored by Thrive Fantasy. You can get it in the App Store, Google Play, Play Store, wherever. You can go on live online Thrive. T-H-R-I-V-E, fantasy.com. That's how you find it in the App Store too, Thrive Fantasy. And when you sign up and you put $10 down to deposit and use our promo code ATB at sign up, you'll get an extra $10. I mean, it's a free $10. So then you're cooking with $20. Then you can DM, text, whatever, however, get a hold of any of us over at ATB. Oh. Um. Me, John, Eric, any of the guy, any of us, any of the girls, Steffi, Erica, and we would be thrilled to help you out with your prop bets. So what Thrive is? It's a prop betting app. It's the best prop bets out there. I mean, I'm 
it's just the simplest platform. This and this is not a script. I am literally just looking at my mic and talking. I don't write down scripts because I just I want to make it sound more like a conversation, I guess. But anyway, it's you know, for example, if the Lakers were playing the Celtics tonight, um, that's a bad example. Re, re- rewind that. So what they basically do is if there's a, say there were 10 games tonight in the NBA, they'll take those 10 games, they'll find 20 exciting props from that. So like, will LeBron have 35 points and assists combined? Uh, you pick the over or the under, the least likely one will have more points, just like betting. So say, say the over is more likely you click under, you'll get more points if you get it right. But if you don't get it right, you don't get any points. Um, it's so it's like DFS, but for props, they find the most interesting props for you. You don't have to do a ton of research and defining out. You know, it's like with fantasy draft. I mean, fantasy draft or DraftKings, FanDuel. You have to do a lot of research if you actually want to win. This prop betting one makes it simpler because you only have you know twenty or so props you need to actually research into. Yeah, go to Thrive Fantasy. Sign up that way. Um, use the code ATB at sign up. Free $10. Would love to help you. Win easy money. Anyway. The XFL. So I I don't think like most. I think most people are just excited to have football back. But I, I was skeptical, skeptical of the XFL. I think it's so far been much more well ran than the AFL. But I... I wondered, you know, there's five to ten NFL teams each year that suffer from horrific quarterback play. I mean, it just cripples their chances of winning. You know, so I was thinking, how are how is the XFL supposed to get eight extra quarterbacks that can play well? Well, not to my surprise, the quarterback play in the XFL is awful. And it's making some games unwatchable. You have, I mean, obviously the D.C. defenders are... I would say by far the best team in the XFL right now. They have the most big-name players that people already knew, and Cardale Jones is playing well. It's, I'm not a huge Buckeye fan, but Cardale Jones, everywhere he goes, seems to just get the job done. It's, it's something interesting. I, I saw the other day his starting stats when he starts in a football game are just ridiculous. I'll have to pull those out for the next podcast, but the quarterback plays bad. And if anybody watched the games yesterday, Matt McGloin, former Penn State quarterback, went nuts at halftime. I mean, to the reporter saying, but basically blaming the team for him throwing for 40 yards and an interception. It, take your take blame for your own crap, dude. You played terrible. And uh, the guys that are on your team are playing for potential NFL spots, basically. It's kind of like a giant tryout. And you come out here and play terrible, and then you blame all them. That's a terrible look. I would be surprised if Matt McGloin's on a team. I, I, I wouldn't. I, it's not like he's one of the top eight quarterbacks available to play for your XFL team. There are better ones out there. And you just take a deep breath before you. You talk, but also the XFL is set up like that, where it's it's not it's not political like the NFL or any other sport. It's just they it's like 
it's like Barstool versus ESPN, basically. XFL is Barstool and ESPN is the NFL. They just don't care. They have no filters. You know, and then Matt McGloin doubled down and said some more stupid shit later on on the sideline. But I, get him off the team. And well, tying this all into what the XFL should do is if you're a bad team in the XFL right now, do what the Ravens did. Go get a fast, smart quarterback who doesn't have the most arm talent, but he's a super smart player, can run the ball well, and is likable, and shows great leadership qualities. That I'm making it sound like what the Ravens did was super simple, but it kind of is. Build around a, a quarterback that's different than the rest. You know, they zagged while everyone was zigging, basically. I mean, that's as simple as it is. And there are tons, tons of quarterbacks that come out of college each year that can't play in the NFL because they're not the prototype prototype quarterback. You know, the first one that comes to mind watching Cardale play, I mean, he is more of a pocket quarterback. But, like, JT Barrett is a winner. He runs the ball. And he doesn't turn the ball over. Not an elite thrower, but most of these guys in the XFL aren't. Someone like him... I, I can for sure see going to an XFL team and helping them win. You know, these players, you know, coming into the draft this year, Khalil Tate, p- people like that, if you don't make it to the NFL, go to the XFL and, like, just build around them. I, I just can't believe that after watching what the Ravens did this year, all these XFL teams thought that they needed to go get these slow old white quarterbacks that were pretty good in college when you have fast diverse different quarterbacks out there i I, it just doesn't make sense to me and the other problem with the xfl is they have all these it's you could approach the game really analytically i mean they have one two and three point conversions you know the kickoff rule everything is so much different than the nfl but they went and got these old coaches, these old football heads. That's that's not the way to go. I if I were an XFL team, I'd be going and getting some young potential genius that might not work, but is better than some eighty year old dude that coached in the NFL in his last ten years were losing seasons. I don't think there's anyone like that in the XFL specifically, but you you know what I mean. Uh, go get that coach that's just different. Go get that quarterbacks that that's different. I mean, be, make yourself marketable. Matt McGloin doesn't make you marketable. Exciting, fun, fast play makes you marketable. CXFL needs a lot of work, but uh, it, it's it's nice that they have something. I mean, the NFL needs something. They need a f- farm league, basically farm system. It's nice for that. The uh, last thing I want to cover today is MOB. I mean, the Astros news is absolutely everywhere. Oh, I saw today Doris Burke suggest that the Astros be stripped of the World Series championship and then be banned from postseason play for three years. I, I, you know, I'd love to hear what you guys, what you all think of this. I don't sit either side of the. The fence. I think banning them for three years 
is pretty severe punishment. It, but also, what they did for the past two seasons has put players like you, Darvish, and that Blue Jays pitcher that is now suing them, I don't know his name, at a serious competitive disadvantage. Clayton Kershaw, you've dampered his postseason name even more. Like, I, you've They've cost people jobs, championships, more money. So, so I don't, I don't think that that's wrong either. But I also think you know three year banishment, banish, is a pretty serious penalty. But uh, what I do know is they they need to. Manfred just needs to get his foot out of his mouth. He's he's saying so many things that just are not helping the situation. The Astros went out and made the situation worse with that. I guess you could call it an apology. I don't know what the hell it was. And now Manfred's coming out with these terrible new rules. I, something needs to change. The, the MLB commissioner probably is what needs to change. But the way they handled the situation, the way the Astros handled the situation, it just it made everything worse somehow after an apology. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Send those in so we can talk about them on the next show. But That's all I want to cover for today. Thank you for listening. Make sure you go download the episode. Download this episode. Subscribe. Leave a review, good or bad. It helps us um, learn or keep doing what we're doing. And... 